Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wrestle, 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 hard, wrestle. And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds with Wrestling Mindset. Today I'm here with two other great Penn alumni, the great Ben Hada and Yoshi Nakamura. Welcome, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. How are you, man? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Excellent. So I've I've been diving deeply into into the history of Japanese wrestling as well as judo. Just thought, who better to have on the show? Two successful wrestlers, background in judo, and wealth of knowledge and experience. So yeah, thank we, you. How, what uh, what got you interested in that combo of wrestling and judo? Why did you start digging into that? So I've I've always I've always been interested. I mean, knowing you know the background, you know, knowing Yoshi with judo, hearing about some other guys, Mako with judo, you know, many people. So I said, there's got to be some connection here. And I was actually looking up Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and learning about the origins there, and hearing that um. No, he was he was basically sitting at the top who's you know started judo and then one of his students uh, tamita then maeda and maeda taught carlos gracie senior and i said wait a minute i bet you i bet you there's connect a connection with japanese wrestling sure enough your grandfather ichiro hada and there it is <laughs> that's great that's yeah i mean the the sport uh i think yoshi was way better at it than than ever, i ever was and uh but it taught me a lot and it I, that i think both of us did judo before we even started wrestling. So it gave us that foundation, um, you know, just body knowledge and, and movement and, you know, self-defense and, and fighting on from a defensive position. So yeah, it was, it was very instrumental core and sort of our background. Yeah. There's a thing about um, balance in judo that you learn the body control that, you know, you'll see, a lot of judo players that wrestle, they'll be in these weird funky positions and, you know, they're able to kind of torque and turn their body in ways that, you know, I think a traditional wrestler might not quite understand. Um, you know, there, there've been plenty of athletes that, you know, wrestled, but then taken judo to round out their skills. Dave Schultz being, you know, one of the main guys, one of the best, you know, athletes that we've had in the history of wrestling. 
but you know he was he actually he, he had this deep belief in Japanese martial arts. Um, I think Book of Five Rings, uh, Miyamoto Musashi, a famous samurai, was a, a kind of a, an icon of his. But you know he incorporated that in, into his judo. Uh, excuse me, into his wrestling. But there's been plenty of uh, plenty of ties in that. And actually, Ben's dad, Coach Tanaki Hata, who's one of the I would say one of the greatest Olympic coaches we've had in the United States, actually coached Dave Schultz. Uh, so there was a lot. Oh, there, there it is. <laughs> there it is. The old handbook. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of ties. Awesome. Talk about your family history together. You guys go back. Your your ancestry goes back some ways now. Yeah, I'll defer to my elder here. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I mean, obviously, uh, it starts with my grandfather. Uh, he came over in, in late 1929 uh, with a judo team uh, to compete against a bunch of wrestlers in the United States. Uh, and he, they got they did well, but then they, they got beat up uh, when they started to get on the mat and grapple. And so he started taking notes uh, about the holds they were doing and using and then came back to Japan and I had to incorporate that uh, sort of in, in judo. And they were like, no, you know, they, we don't use those moves, but if you want to go out and start your own sport, then go for it. And so he started Japanese wrestling uh, at that point. And then I think the war put a lot of stuff on hold in the 40s. Uh, and then when he came back to Japan, uh, I think he jumped right back into it. And um, he was coaching the Olympics, uh, the Japanese team for a while. And then he started importing uh, Japanese wrestlers in the 50s and 60s uh, to the, back to the US to compete in um, college wrestling. And so that's how my uncle ended up here, my grand, uh, my dad ended up here, and uh, a whole bunch of other wrestlers ended up here. So I was probably in the 60s. But then Yoshi's dad, I think, came over in the 70s or in the late 60s, but he was in Japan uh, pretty much the whole time before that. That's right. Actually, the, the interlink here is so you know, Co uh, Ben's grandfather was literally the right-hand man of the founder of judo, Dr. Jiro Kano. And um, so my father was actually born in 1930. Um, he was born into a military family. And as a teenager in the Junior Naval Academy, there were certain, certain members of that organization that were trained as kamikaze pilots. My dad was actually in that category at 13 years old. So when you think about the mental stress that, that comes along with a lot of that, but at the same time, they use martial arts to you know, to discipline them mentally and physically throughout that period of time. Well, my dad fell in love with judo. It was just something that, you know, he was just all in on. It was like a religion to him. And so as, as the war ended, as Ben mentioned, what was very interesting is the, the overlap comes around the 1964 Olympic team. Um, and that, that was, my dad had you know, been in, you know, training in the Kodokan. And um, unfortunately he had a few injuries that precluded him from, you know, the all Japan championships and or, no, sorry, prevented him from competing in the all Japan championships and really taking a shot at the Olympics. But he ended up coaching and coaching the, the lightweights in the 1964 Olympics. And that was the first time judo was introduced into the Olympics in 1964. So, you know, big kudos to, to Ben's grandfather as, as a driver of that. But that's where things started to overlap a little bit. You know, our story gets even wilder uh, when you think about 30, 40 years later. But, you know, yeah, my dad came to the United States in, in the late 60s, early 70s, coached the, he coached around the world uh, judo, taught judo in Egypt, um, the military and the Egyptian national team. He taught, you know, in Central and South America. You know, there's some, I'm sure as Ben's grandfather has and, and, and dad has some very random pictures of things like my father training like Manuel Noriega. <laughs> I mean, just 
just wild, wild times and wild pictures and wild history of, of, of judo and the path that he took to get here. Yeah, and then uh, I think in the 70s, uh, Yoshi's dad uh, was in Ohio around that time in Elyria. And my dad uh, had just got his first job in uh, Oberlin, Ohio. And I was talking to him yesterday, asking him how they first met. And he said that he was uh, teaching at the public high school and there was a Japanese kid uh, in the high school whose family was Japanese uh, and he was taking judo. And so he mentioned, hey, there's this you know, sensei who's got the school down the street, about 10 minutes away, uh, you should check it out. And we went there, he realized that it was Riozo and they just started talking and they realized that my grandfather had you know, worked with Riozo and they were both coaches in the 64 Olympics together. And so my dad just started coaching at, uh, at uh, Yoshi's dad's school. And that was in 78, I think he said. And then we started probably six years old. So that would have been 82. So that's when I started taking judo. Uh, and we started judo first. We didn't do wrestling until eighth grade. Um, and, uh, and so that's when I met Yoshi. He was little, little kid in uh, uh, all in his uh, uh, judo gi. And, you know, I remember they used to have this uh, uh, punching bag in the middle of, cause half the school I think was like a, a like a dance studio or- Karate uh, studio, right? Was this at Jackson? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then the back was the judo school, yeah. but they had a bunch of boxing uh, uh, heavy bags. And I remember Yoshi would run around and my brother and I would try to knock him over with these <laughs> big bags. Uh, and then we'd get yelled at for goofing around. Yeah, uh, we were supposed to be in the front where the karate studio was, but you know, it, it, yeah, obviously the big brothers uh, leading me into the, the danger there. <laughs> yeah, so we all started judo, you know, probably around the same age, but Yoshi was just more entrenched in it. So he was getting it, you know, five, six times a day or a week, and we were getting it twice a week. Uh, but that's what we did up until wrestling besides soccer. Um, and then uh, that's how we ended up at St. Ed's. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's quite random when you think about, uh, the powers to be and how that all converged into Lorain County, you know, coach, coach Jane, Frank Jane, Eddie and Mark Jane actually took judo as well uh, around the same time. And, um, you know, coach Jane used to always call it the Lorain County connection uh, when we all eventually went to St. Ed's, but it is weird. Um, and I, I, I do believe, you know, that there's a, a higher power that brings good people back together for a purpose. And, um, you know, you know, we've talked about my father passing, you know, on, on a couple of previous interviews, but, you know, Ben and his family were, just crucial and vital to my development and my family's development to success. Um, you know, he was the leader for me who went to St. Ed's, you know, my first day when I walked in, you know, Ben was my, my, well, I was Ben's shadow to, to, to walk around and, and, and shadow the school. He took me to my first practice and mind you, now, I, I started wrestling really in high school. I tried wrestling. I think it was like maybe in like the fifth or sixth grade. I can't even remember exactly what it was. And I hated it. And I, I went through like half the season and I was like, I got to stick to judo and baseball and other sports. But, um, you know, I really didn't get into to wrestling until high school. And, you know, it was a testament to one, you know, the judo background, but two, yeah, I had one of the best big brothers to follow. And that was Ben Hada. The time is now to take your mindset to the next level with Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you go to our website, WrestlingMindset.com, and sign up for your free trial session today. Don't wait any longer. You want the mental edge right now. 
When you sign up for the free trial session, you're also going to get a copy of our free ebook, Building the Predator Mindset. This book has helped thousands of people build confidence, relax under pressure, get motivated, and build mental toughness in wrestling, school, and life. Make sure you sign up for your free trial session today. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then talk about then how, so then Ben went to Penn first, and then you followed him there too. Yeah, well, first of all, let me, let me stop there because, you know, to, to gloss over the, you know, Ben's high school career, because remember, you know, Ben and Robert had, didn't, didn't start till a little later, but Ben is like a hero to me because he had one of the most epic state championship runs I've ever seen in the history of St. Ed's wrestling. You know, he had battled a lot of tough competition throughout the year. I mean, some amazing studs and, and when one in Adam Klaus, who was a, you know, stud from Walsh Jesuit, but as a freshman, I got to get my butt kicked by Ben Hada, Eddie Jane, Brad Clement, every day in the wrestling room. But as a freshman, I'm watching Ben just climb this ladder. And, you know, when you think about what St. Ed's Wrestling has done, you know, for, for a lot of the athletes, including me, including Ben, is that it's built, you know, champions. And sometimes you build them in a couple of years, sometimes you build them the first year, but sometimes it takes all the way to that, that, last, that last year. And, you know, to me, Ben is a hero, uh, watching him climb that ladder and just beat top opponent after top opponent at the state championships. I mean, I get goosebumps even just telling that story. I get so fired up. But, you know, he went to Penn joining one of the, you know, up and coming Ivy League teams. And Coach Rain at the time had this kind of vision of having the best combination of athletics and academics and no better athlete, student athlete to come you know, from any high school than a, a St. Edward you know, wrestler. And Ben was the leader in that. And, you know, after that, after I saw his success, um, you know, then I followed him to Penn and I think, you know, Greg Hallahan, Mason Lenhart, we've, we've had others. And actually, now that coach is back, we've rekindled that St. Ed's University of Pennsylvania pipeline. So I'm excited about that. Nice. We all are. Yeah. I mean, to go back to some of what Yoshi talked about, uh, you know, I think it's probably my brother was the first of us to go through the, the process of, you know, starting in judo, not having any wrestling background besides just being around it, and then going through the St. Ed system. And that's really the, where it all started. They can take someone like me, Yoshi, my brother, uh, Zach Thompson, you know, someone who's never wrestled before, wrestled one year on eighth, in eighth grade, and then put them through kind of this army style boot camp, you know, where you start out as a uh, uh, you know, a plebe, and then you get your ass kicked, and then you work your way up through the system. And then by the time you, you're a senior, hopefully you've, you know, stuck around. And, uh, but the competition that you're facing all the time is just, you know, the best in the nation. Um, so that was really the grinding stone, I think, for all of us, uh, you know, that sort of took our basic skill set of body knowledge and balance and awareness and, and leverage. Uh, but gave us the skills of wrestling and the, the technique and, and the, um, the, the cardio uh, to uh, and, and the sort of the grit to to take all that stuff and actually become a, a really good wrestler. But Yoshi took that formula and he's got just natural ability then, you know, more than the rest of us. And so he was able to do it in two years. I mean, it was it was interesting to see and to talk about when we I was at St. Ned or at, at Penn with the guys there that there's this kid that wrestled for a year and a half, two years, and he's a state champ. And then he's going to be another state champ, you know? So, uh, but before uh, me going to Penn, there was a guy, uh, Pat Johnson, who was, uh, I think he was a third placer uh, that wrestled at St. Ed's. And he was, 
think four years older than me. I think he was a senior when I got to, or maybe he was graduating when I got to Penn, but he was the first, I think, Penn wrestler or Ed's wrestler that went to Penn. Um, but what really drew us to Penn was Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher was the, uh, the catalyst that brought Slay and the Modders and basically everyone that from that 92 to 96, uh, anyone that was going to Penn was going there because of Dave Schultz and Foxcatcher and what that offer. I mean, our, all of our coaches were Foxcatcher guys, uh, Shade and Dolph and Trevor Lewis uh, all lived on the farm. Um, so that was really, it was the combination of going to an Ivy league school. They were up and coming. Uh, you know, they weren't, they were, I think 25th or 24th when I was a freshman and they, I think they got up to like ninth, maybe by the time I left or by the time Yoshi was there, they were like ninth in the nation. Um, so that was also a fun sort of thing to see what Roger was doing, um, sort of building, you know, uh, a, I wouldn't call it a dynasty, but it was a little bit of a mini force there for about four or five years, you know? What's interesting about that, uh, what Ben's mentioning too, is think about what's happening today, right? This forward thinking of like bringing regional training centers onto campus um, and associating that with the university and, and creating more funding around that. Um, that what Penn had early on was, was, was that uh, with Foxcatcher being so close, you know, you get guys like Dave Schultz contributing, you get guys like Dan Shea, Brian Dahl. I mean, these guys are, awesome unbelievable wrestlers uh but they're there every day um now you have at penn you have jordan burroughs you got mark hall you got slay you got i mean it's just unbelievable talent coming back to university of pennsylvania which you know to me is you know when i talk to some of the saint ed's kids that are asking questions about going to penn i mean you just mentioned jordan burroughs you mentioned brandon slay you got two olympic gold medals right there it's pretty good absolutely Oh, it's great stuff. It, really interesting. Talk about a little bit how your your background of Japanese culture, as well as as judo background, how that prepared you physically, technically, mentally for wrestling. And basically, when you know, if you're starting with young kids, do you have them get involved in, in judo? At what age? How should they be approaching that? Yeah, that's a, that's a super. I, I think that's a, a, a great question. Um, there's a, a judo school, Chukobu Rasa, which is run by Paul Jordan here in, in Ohio, uh, in the Avon area. And, you know, he, he, he recruits and brings in a lot of wrestlers uh, and a lot of young. He actually has one of the biggest youth programs for judo out there. Um, I think getting your kid into judo before you get him into wrestling and even any other sport is, again, it's so important for learning the body and body control. I think the only other sport that I probably would say you should get all kids should get into is gymnastics. I mean, my two daughters do gymnastics. Now I put wrestling shoes on them and put them on the mat and I could tell them what to do and they could easily mimic it because they had body control and they could, you know, move their and torque their body in, in a way in which I was describing them to do it. So to me, judo, especially is, is one of those types of sports. I like, uh, I, I, one, it's fun to see because a lot of my friends are getting their kids, guys that never wrestled in high school, they're football and baseball players and basketball players are getting their kids into jujitsu and which is translating into them when they get to high school, becoming wrestlers in high school, because there is no jujitsu sort of program. Once you get to high school, it's just sort of club stuff. Um, but either one of those sports, either any martial art where there's physical contact and body awareness, I think is a good basis to start with uh, even before wrestling, because what those uh, disciplines teach is, is actually discipline. 
You know, there is a respect. I think that's one thing that the martial arts sort of taught both Yoshi and I and a lot of others is uh, a deep respect for the actual sport and looking at it more in technique versus just going, you know, aggressively at somebody. Uh, you've got to learn a move. Uh, um, and there's sort of an actual list of moves that you have to learn before you qualify for the next belt color. Um, and you have to display those, you know, in front of everyone to show that you've mastered them. So there is sort of a, a schooling and, you know, Yoshi will let you know right away, his dad was a disciplinarian. You know, I'm sure my grandfather was a disciplinarian and they didn't take shit. And you let you go into a wrestling room and kids are just kind of running around and doing all those things. Not in a, not in a, in a martial arts school. They're sitting folded. They've got their geese tightened. They're listening and all the direction is sort of coming from the front and there's a lot of focus there. So I would give that a little bit more, like let those kids sort of learn that the, the actual discipline that comes from a, a sport or a martial art and then learning body control at the same time. Um, and you can do both, you know, simultaneously, but I think the difference between wrestling and judo or jujitsu is that uh, besides the bat, the on the mat and rolling around, uh, is it teaches that that actual discipline in like and respect, uh, and, and there's a, an order and a way of things um, that wrestling doesn't necessarily. You can find it and you learn it in wrestling later on, but I don't think that that's they're necessarily like form and function right off the bat. Um, and take the the very first thing you learn in um, in judo is how to take a fall how to actually prepare yourself when you hit the mat so you don't hurt yourself. And that is huge that kids don't necessarily know at a young age when they're just wrestling and they get double-legged and they just go flat to the mat and they, you know, get concussed or, you know, and, and I mean, I, the, those, the, the, the core that I went to when it became sort of like a street fight, when you first started wrestling as a kid, you're like, yeah, I know a single leg, I know a double leg. But my core go-to moves were always judo moves. And even when I got taken down, it was always like a break fall or something like that. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that gave us a good foundation of a lot of things that came, I think, later for other people. Speaking of which, uh, if you ever get back to any of Ben's matches against Adam Plaus, man, Ben had a wicked, wicked headlock that was a, pretty much a judo throw. And man, did he, he, laid, that, he laid that down hard. But I, well, those, I, I, I go ahead. I was going to say those. That's another thing that that you don't necessarily learn right away as a kid is a five point move, and that's the you know your lifeline when you're losing is anytime you're down you can pull this one move out of your pocket, yep. and if you're good at it you know you can hit it anytime. Whereas when you're a kid sometimes you don't have that you know skill set yet. So that helped a lot. You know Ben Ben. Ben mentions two things that I think, um, you know, in many cases, I think I look at the world right now and it seems, seems to be quite missing is respect. Um, you know, so when you think about walking into a judo school, um, you take shoes off, you bow on the mat, right? You go get change, right? You bow off the mat, you go get change, come back, you bow onto the mat, you get lined up, geese straight, everything's tightened up. Um, and that, that discipline along with the respect of the judo school, respect for the sensei, respect for your, your peers is so important. Um, you know, I remember walking into the St. Ed's wrestling room and just feeling that level of respect 
when we were there, right? I mean, it was, you didn't show disrespect to the coaches. You didn't show disrespect to your, your teammates, especially the older ones, because guess what? You are absolutely going to get pounded if that happens. I mean, think about that. We, right? we had a uniform. We had a uniform too that we had to yeah, wear. We had the black gray sweats, gray shirts, and the black shorts that everyone had to wear. Yeah. So it was and very interesting. So 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 important. Um, and by the way, you know, like Ben said, my my parents carried that at home too. So my my dad was quite heavy-handed, um, you know, in discipline. He was an eighth-year black belt. Um, but keep in mind, my mom was also, you know, good old Irish English lady from Rhode Island was a fourth-year black belt in judo. So. We didn't mess around at all. <laughs> if we did, it was a problem. It was a real problem for us. So we we had to stay disciplined both uh, at home and at school and at, at judo. Awesome. Awesome. Then talk about, I guess, bring it all together where you, you know, your judo background, your wrestling background, your pen background. Have you brought that all together into your careers now? And then also what current projects are you guys involved in? Good, Ben. Uh, yeah, I mean, all of that wrestling and, and judo, once you get to a higher level in wrestling, uh, it all equals out in a sense of the, the martial art, the, the mental training, that sort of warrior mentality. Uh, you know, a lot of that came from the St. Ed's sort of family of, you know, they were always expecting to win in, you know, the big crowds that we drew and, the you know, the, the teams that we competed against. And then when we went to Penn, it was kind of like, starting over. It was like getting on a thing that was sort of trying to build. Uh, and that was a whole new experience um, and, and a, a great ride to, to be a part of. Uh, so, you know, I felt two different sort of environments of going into a machine that was always, always doing well and then being a part of something that wanted to be that and achieved it. Uh, and then getting out into sort of the real world and, and finding my career. Uh, it was sort of the same thing. I always expected to, to you know, be where the best are and, and challenge myself. And, and being part of Penn too, you realize that, you know, I mean, I was a good student, but I was nowhere near as good student at, that, that were represented at Penn. I mean, I was probably a dummy at Penn compared to what was there, you know? And I, I felt it sometimes too, even though I got decent grades, but that pushed me when I got out uh, into the real world. And I realized that, there's no few that have worked hard or pushed themselves the way that we have from high school to college. And now using that energy and that focus uh, and that mindset into a career, um, it's sort of, I wouldn't say easy, but you realize that other people hadn't worked that hard uh, as you had. And, uh, and so you got recognized more for your work. Um, and uh, and it, I think it just propelled me. And even today, you know, working on the projects I'm working on, you know, I'm my own boss, so I've got to push myself. And so it's getting up every day. It's, you know, finding that routine and that same uh, mental, you know, um, drive to continue to, to move forward and, and succeed at, at the highest possible, you know, level I can, so. For me, it was, um, you know, my father always taught me that you got to be a student of your sport, student of your environment, you know, student of life. And, you know, carrying that discipline was super important. So, you know, when my father passed away, again, I talk about karma and kind of good karma coming together and the forces to be, but I mean, Ben's family was 15 minutes, 20 minutes away from where we live, right? And, and because, you know, Coach Hada was at my father's bedside, you know, when he was dying and said, you know, don't, I'll, I'll look after your family, you know, we'll make sure that they stay on the right path. That's a big deal. That's a big responsibility, you know, and as a 13-year-old kid, you know, I'm just very fortunate to have 
you know, what I had, but that discipline up, up until I was 13, like that was ingrained in my blood. Um, you know, the respect, the discipline, and then, you know, understanding technique. And I think you know, Ben had mentioned that earlier, you know, when you understand the fundamentals of technique, you can apply that step function or learning process to anything, right? So I applied that to wrestling, right? And I think what wrestling brought was the physicality. Um, you know, it was interesting. I, I caught the, the Ben Askren, Joe Rogan podcast interview, and, you know, they gave you guys a big shout out, which, you know, I, I wish more people would hear about wrestling mindset, and I, I'm sure they will. Um, but, you know, Joe Rogan hits the nail on the head. When you've been through a wrestling training program and, and discipline like that, that physicality, that mental toughness, that warrior mentality is just ingrained in you as well. So I had that judo part of me um, built in my DNA, and then I, I incorporated wrestling into my DNA. I wasn't as good a student as Ben, but I was a pretty good student. But yeah, it, when I got to, you know, through the wrestling program at St. Ed's and, and pulled down a couple of state championships and had the opportunity to go to Ivy League, Ivy League schools, you know, getting into Penn wasn't necessarily easy. And, you know, I, I specifically applied to the Wharton School of Business, which is even harder to get into. Um, you know, you got to study your, your SAT prep program. You have to work hard. I had extra tutors to help me get through that stuff. Um, but what I realized is when I got to Penn is that, you know, it's still, it's still competitive and I grew with Penn. There's definitely a lot, a lot smarter people <laughs> than I was there. But you know what I learned after I got out? Is there are a lot of people that are born on third base and they think they hit a triple. And, and I'll work out, I've been through some really gnarly economic environments, especially working on Wall Street. And I'll roll my sleeves up every day and I'll, I'll work every single person. And that is not a question that's going through the 2007, 2008, 2009 financial, uh, financial housing crisis. That's going through, you know, COVID. Um, anytime I've ever been in that situation, outworking your opponents has always been the key. Outworking them, never giving up, being stubbornly, just stubborn about quitting. Um, and, you know, maybe that's my downfall in life because sometimes I just feel like I haven't lost. I just, I just, you know, still fighting for it. But what I realized is that with those basic tools, um, I've been able to reinvent myself a number of times. You know, I went from a judo guy to uh, a wrestler to an Ivy League school, you know, to working on Wall Street to then launching the first cryptocurrency merchant bank in the world. And then now I own a bunch of fried chicken businesses. <laughs> you know, if you think about the Bojangles, seriously, it's one of the best fried chicken brands out there. But think about it, right? All of the things incorporate the very same discipline that you need to have. And by the way, guess what? All of those things come along with surrounding yourself with amazing people. My whole, my whole life, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by amazing people. I was surrounded by good friends and family growing up. I was surrounded by amazing guys in the wrestling room. I was so, surrounded by quotes that were hanging on the wall, um, you know, from, from the edge, from Howard Ferguson. The legacy of the foundation that was built that laid all of that goodness ahead of me uh, was there right there, right then for me to take advantage of and, 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 and embrace and so on and so forth. And it's been that way my whole career. And still today, you know, when I have a hard time, who do I call? I call my mom and then I call Ben. <laughs> and Ben reminds me that, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, put your nose to the grindstone like we did when we were wrestling together. And sometimes you got to put your headphones in your ears and go for a walk and take a deep breath. Um, ben, I don't know if you remember telling me that, but when I was, I was at the peak of my career and I was at the peak of my career on Wall Street working at City and having the toughest time mentally pushing through. And, you know, Ben reminded me, sometimes you just got to go for a walk, get away. Just, you know, instead of riding, you know, riding a cab, just walk, walk a couple of miles, you know, if you have to. So. Awesome. Awesome guys. Uh, this, this has been a ton of fun, very informative. 
Let's uh, Ben, tell us a little bit about, about your films that you have and how we could support you and what you do. Obviously doing great things for the wrestling community as both of you guys do. Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'm working uh, on a couple of documentaries, but one is sort of my third sort of wrestling uh, based doc. We did Team Foxcatcher, which was on Netflix. Uh, we did Kurt Angle's documentary, which was on A&E and the WWE. Uh, and now I'm working on my third one, which is based on the 90s high school uh, rivalry between St. Ed's and Walsh Jesuit, uh, where we those two schools sort of battled for, you know, number one and two in the nation for about 10 years in a row until Blair came along. Uh, so I'm working on that and, uh, that'll be out hopefully by the end of the year. Um, I mean, anyone wants to support, you can reach out, you can find me on Facebook or, you know, LinkedIn or whatever. Um, but we're always looking for investors in all of our projects. And then I'm working, uh, Jeremy Baylor and I, when my roommate from, uh, Penn, uh, are, we're working with Ryan Warner, uh, the uh, host of wrestling changed my life. Uh, on a couple projects uh, that we hope to have out in a year or so. But um, yeah, it's just, I'm trying to, you know, get good wrestling stories made and told and, and done in a, in a high quality and, and a good story, broad story sort of telling manner. So you're bringing in more uh, of an audience than just, you know, wrestlers, you know, you're bringing in the outside people who are curious to, to hear a human element story. Um, and so, uh, I'm just trying to focus what I've done in the last 25 years of my career, sort of honing in on some stories that I enjoy that are from, you know, my past and involve the sport of wrestling. So, um, yeah. And also to capitalize on some of the things that Yoshi said too, about, you know, it's not just the men, you know, the, the physical, oh, I can outwork everyone and I can do all this, but there is, and it's probably goes to your, you know, mindset, uh, uh school is. There are those things that Howard Ferguson taught us. There's the book, The Edge, that we grew up on that you know would fit, feed us with quotes. And I still, I have a copy of it and I read it every day uh, to keep a, a certain mindset. And I meditate every day and it's helped, you know, especially through the pandemic, but you have to have a balanced mind and body and spirit. And uh, in order to achieve, I think, what you want to uh, accomplish in life and and so, yeah, no matter how hard you're working or how, you know, stubborn you are, I can do all this. There's always that aspect of your mind that you need to sort of refresh and keep focused as well uh, and sort of balance that out, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, from my perspective, you know, actually it was great. We had the National High School Wrestling Championships down at Virginia Beach where you know, I own the stores in Virginia Beach for Bojangles, um, Norfolk, Portsmouth and, and Suffolk. So, we had a lot of wrestlers coming through uh, uh, having uh, having fried chicken after the weigh-in. So I think there was only one weigh-in too, which is kind of nice. So actually, we sponsored uh, St. Ed's came down and um, and we sponsored uh, sponsored the team dinner uh, both nights. So you know th those guys actually perform well. So maybe need, people need a little more fried chicken in their life, and they'll perform better. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, you know we're we're opening our first new store in Chesapeake, and then. You know, knock on wood, um, you know, we're going to keep helping corporate expand the brand, you know, hopefully to the Midwest. So Cleveland, Ohio, you know, in, in the future, we'll, we'll hopefully see some uh, some Bojangle signs hanging uh, uh, from, the, from the side of the freeway. I would ask, actually, more importantly, you know, we're continuing to support Beat the Streets. And as many know, I, I was part of Beat the Streets in New York. Um, you know, I'm a big believer. I, 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 I was very fortunate to get a lot of support. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily a big believer in just handouts in life, because I think what I was given were tools. Um, I think wrestling is a tool. I think judo is a tool. Um, you know, you could arguably look at 
things like religion and, and, and other things as a tool or as a guide to, to life. Um, but if you just give people stuff, that, that's not going to help them learn themselves. So, you know, Beat the Streets is a tool that we continue to share with the community and with kids. Um, being back in Cleveland and spending a lot of time here, I went to my first Beat the Streets practice on Wednesday night. You know, the, the guys there at Beat the Streets Cleveland are doing an amazing job. I mean, they, they went from, we officially launched them at NCAAs and it was really cool because it was in Cleveland. I got to make it, you know, Mike Dovergatz allowed me to make the announcement of the official opening of, of Cleveland Beat the Streets. Um, they had been working on it for a while previous to that. But yeah. Alex McClendon is a Penn grad. That's right. Alex McClendon is a Penn grad. And they, they've, they've seen one of the fastest growing programs in the history of Beat the Streets programs. I mean, just in, inside of that three years, I mean, we're talking, you know, hundreds of hundreds up to upwards of a thousand kids have come through the program already. And, you know, I would ask that if you have a local Beat the Streets program, get in contact with them, help them. Um, and it's about, to me, it's about paying it forward. Right. Yeah. You know, ben, ben doesn't expect me to give him anything back. Right. He paid it forward to me. I pay it forward to the younger kids at St. Ed's and I pay it forward to the, to the kids through Beat the Streets. Um, you know, so if you can support your local Beat the Streets programs, um, the gala is coming up actually in, um, uh, in, in, in the summertime. We're actually going to host the, the final X. It's going to be uh, in Newark at the Prudential Center, which is going to be really cool. So, you know, it gives access to all these kids to, to come and watch, you know, Olympic level wrestling. And, and mind you, there's going to be at least, you know, two, hopefully three level uh, world or Olympic champions um, per weight class that are going to be wrestling, especially in those middleweight classes. So definitely get out there and, and check that out. But yes, support your kids to get to beat the streets. And um, I, I promise you it'll change your lives. Excellent. I'll be over there for that. And one of the recurring themes we've had in this, in this show has been be making sure you get around good people, get around great people, preferably. And we're around two of the greats right here. The great Yoshi Nakamura and Ben Hada. So thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you support your local Beat the Streets, all Beat the Streets. And make sure you support Ben's films. We want to grow wrestling together. And that's how we do it as a family. And also a big shout out to Penn Wrestling, the Penn Ecosystem, Coach Roger Rain and company. Thank you everyone for watching. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.